on TV, online, and on demand in MP4 format encoded at 48,000 Hz, this is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live at EPT Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. That is my work wife, James Hardigan, and that is my work abusive stepfather, <laughs> Matt Brown. No, God, what is he? I'm sorry. You're not, you'll never be my real dad. We are here in Monaco for the Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT Grand Final. Give him a round of applause. Yes. Not as easy as he made it look. Applause somewhere on here. There it is. Uh, where today's guest will be tournament director Thomas Lamash. It's time to. It's uh, difficult to get the big stars to show up at 10:30 in the morning. So. Whoa, whoa, uh, you're saying Thomas Lamash is not a big name? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. I'm sorry, Thomas. <laughs> it's, it's fair. But big name, little Thomas, also coming. No, not the puppet. I think so. I asked oh, him to bring please, the puppet. No. So we're gonna have Big Crazy. Thomas and Little Thomas. Uh, Daniel, by the way, I said it's tough to get big na big names. But last night, Daniel was like, "Hey, how come you ever asked me to be on your podcast?" And I was like, "Well, first of all, we have." <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, okay, put your money where your mouth is, kid poker, because you'll be on the show soon. Uh, Thomas was nominated for a European Poker Award last night, so we'll be talking about that a little bit because I did host the event. The 70-year-old spin-and-go qualifier, Isabel. Isabel Boyle, she is our super fan today. And even though I don't think she's ever actually heard the show before, I think it's worth... No, not being funny. If you qualify in a 10-euro spin-and-go and you want to come on the show, the seat's yours. Seat yeah, yours. absolutely. And her specialty subject is 1950s rock, and I've been to the Hard Rock Cafe like a dozen times, so I feel like Good luck. I got this one locked up. Also, she has nine grandchildren. I feel like we could just quiz her on their names, and I might do as well as I usually do. Like, it'd probably go like 7-2 or something. <laughs> if I had nine, I'm, I'm definitely going to ask what her nine grandchildren's names are, which is on the show later. Uh, and I've, I've never seen the audience more excited for a super fan than for Isabel Boyle. My Facebook page is blown up with people that can't wait. We may increase our audience by a significant percentage based on how many super fans she has. I sure. think like all of Scotland is going to be tuning in <laughs> to listen to, to Isabel on the show. Uh, the three of us went to see Captain America Civil War. We're going to do a quick recap of that. Assuming fun. we have time. Because this, this is sounding pretty packed, to be honest. It's and a full show. What have we got? Like just an hour and a bit maybe until this room starts filling up with players who want to play some poker? Yeah, and we should mention that behind this curtain here is where the really awesome roof is open right now. But we can't show it because the change in lighting messes with, ooh, messes with the I cameras. I think someone may have just fallen through the roof. <laughs> Somebody was asleep up there and it just suddenly opened there. Bam! Them in. Uh, and as long as we're talking about Captain America versus Iron Man, we had some other deadly matchups so far this week before we get things going here. James, you had a battle with technology? I know, this is going to sound so pathetic. So this is to do with the radio alarm clock in the hotel room. Uh, exhibit A, please. Pictured here. Favorite. Yeah. These things tilt the hell out of me because, first of all, they have these LED screens that light up your room at yeah. night. They act like a nightlight. It's like, I'm not five years old. I don't need a nightlight. They don't function as an audio I think flyer. the five-year-old thing is debatable, by the way. If, if the people who designed the room only knew how you behaved, they might think you were five years old. Fair point. <laughs> uh, it doesn't function as an audio player because, not being funny, that dock has been obsolete now for about five years. Yeah, that's an, that's an old one. What's that, an iPhone 4? And, yes. And, and back? And for, I think it's about 2011, 2012 that it changed. Anywho, normally what I do with these things is, in all seriousness, I turn them to face the wall because the light genuinely keeps me awake. Sure. 
And there's first, been studies on that. I think that like ambient light in the room actually does affect people's sleep. Well, there's patterns. some belief that people can actually feel photons, not consciously, but that photons actually, as they bounce off you, people actually can register that. Yeah, it disturbs them. Wow, I'm actually learning something on this show. This By the way, fun. you're not tempted rather than turning it around, just pull the plug out. No, in some well, places. Well, I see it's you unplugged know. right there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you're, you're, you're speeding ahead because sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes these things are like hardwired in. That's the last thing we need, by the way, is James like to be able to complain. Like I can feel the photons, guys. <laughs> can, you please, can you put your phone away? I can feel the photons. The photons are bothering me. It was enough to have it facing the wall. Right. What I didn't know is clearly someone had left the alarm setting on. Oh, oh I love oh, doing that before oh. I leave a hotel room. So you unscrew the top of salt and just leave it slightly. I don't do that because no. food. I don't mess with food. Six a.m. first morning. Beep, 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 beep. And that's the point, obviously, that I then, like, make sure all the switches on the back, alarms are off, and I unplug it. Exhibit A. <laughs> the next morning, the bloody thing still goes off at 6 a.m. It's not plugged in. There's no power going into it, but clearly it has <laughs> residual battery power. This is a real prankster who's like, you know what? I'm going to set this for 6 a.m. and battery back up. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus. I, so I decide I need this thing out of my room. <laughs> Wait, did you put it on the balcony? No, I took it downstairs. So I'm like, I'm walking out and I'm going to give Excuse it. Excuse me, the photons in this are bothering me. <laughs> I'm going to give it to the front desk and basically say, I can't get this thing to stop beeping at 6 a.m. So please, can you kind of not have it in my room? But of course, I leave the room and there's like a member of the hotel staff walking down the corridor looking at me like, why are you taking your radio alarm clock with obsolete iDoc? And it's like, number one, I would never steal that piece of shit anyway. I'd never steal anything for the record, but I certainly wouldn't steal that. Definitely not a piece of shit. And secondly, I'd like to think that if I were the kind of person who'd steal something from a hotel room, I'd be a bit more subtle <laughs> than just walking with it. No, in, my in hands. plain sight. That's how you got to do it. So, of course, the guy on the front desk was utterly confused. He's like, it, it's broken. I went, no, if it <laughs> no, was broken, it we wouldn't have a problem. And I'm like, please, please don't replace it. Don't let me come back to my room in the evening. It'd be a fun. really huge one, like a massive one that's just powered just by the like, sun. If you don't take this, it will be broken. So please. <laughs> so the good news is it's now out of my room, obviously in a box somewhere, and they've made a note that my room has not been stolen but is in safekeeping. And whoever comes into my room next can enjoy this unplugged machine sounding off at six in the morning. We all travel a lot, and I travel slightly more because I end up coming to the, you know, not travel, like stay in hotels. And the first thing I always do is unplug everything in the room when I come in there because my TV in my room pops on at a certain time in the morning. Mine's done that once. Hello, Mr. Brown. I was like, "Ah!" yeah, it's really bizarre. (laughs) It knows who I am and everything. Okay, so Iron Man versus Captain America. James versus technology. James, you're not faring well this week because you've battled with technology and nature. You literally get along with nothing. We had a crisis at this very table. This was terrifying because I walk in here yesterday morning and one of the cameras, I think it might have been Eck, was like very nonchalant, or maybe it was Liam, was like, yeah, we got a bug problem. And I look and there's just a, there's a giant bug. And I'm like, oh, what kind of bug is that? And someone's like, it's a fucking hornet. <laughs> now, Matt, you might That's not, not a like bug. This. As, as a beekeeper... You're about to see. Hornets are not bees. Hornets are the deadliest enemy. I can't believe you didn't come to me. I know several thousand ways of killing hornets. Okay. I just wanted to check. Most of them are shoes. As as a beekeeper, as someone who is a friend of nature, I just wanted to check that you're going to be okay when we show what we're about to show. I'm very selective. I love nature unless it threatens the nature I like more, and then it must be burnt. Well, do you like James more or less than a hornet? That's the question. I like him more. Okay, but it was, a, it was a race situation. A really it was a 52-48. Right. 
So James is like, should I kill it? And James attempts to kill this hornet and misses it. No, 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 no. It's worse, worse than that. It's worse than that. So I pick up a bottle of water and get the hornet. The problem is these bottles of water have that kind <laughs> of like... And it's going, well, this is nice. <laughs> Uh, so then, obviously, we have to take it to the next level. This is the aftermath of that. I was not rolling on the first attempt, and here's James with attempt number two. Okay, we have a hornet on the on the EPT feature table, and I need to kill it, but I can't destroy the EPT felt. But also, you tried to kill it once already, and you missed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no! Don't push it this way. No, no, no! I got it. I got it. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Wait for it. We're dead. I got it. Christ. That's a that's a big <laughs> piece of insect right there. It was it was vast. Nice work, fucking Dave Irwin. What was his name? Steve Irwin. Steve. <laughs> that's his brother, um, Alan. Clean this table. <laughs> oh! Excuse me. I mean, the only reason that hornet even was killed by James in the first place is because it wasn't at full capacity. Because let's be honest, after the second attempt, that hornet, if it was like a legit hornet, would have got us all. It would have rolled up its sleeves and gone, right, okay. Yeah, have, you, have you seen the, I'm sure you've seen the videos online where it's like 30 hornets kill like 30,000 bees in a yeah. matter of seven minutes. Yeah, they just stand there just snapping their heads off. There's yeah. huge discussions go online between beekeepers about the best recipe for wasp and hornet traps. And you'll be surprised to know that the winning suggestion was Coca-Cola and a saveloy. What's a saveloy? <laughs> a sausage. If you have you do some, what now? You have a device and people are going, what do I do? Like, you know, jam, sugar. No. Tip some Coca-Cola and put a saveloy in. And that is absolutely that is like irresistible. A hornet trap? Yeah. And they die in it too, because Coca-Cola is like the most caustic thing known. Yeah, in it nature. just dissolves them. <laughs> oh, so sugary. Gluck, 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 gluck. So, and by the uh, way, kill some hornets. So next time, make sure we've always got some saveloys with us on tour. Yeah, so just saveloys and maybe and also some haribo. Just to provide some context for that. Um, this was the day of the Super High Roller final table, and obviously that's why it was so imperative to clean that table, because you know the Super High Rollers, they like things a certain they way. They like things not having hornet guts And obviously what we, what we didn't want was like, you know, Stephen Chidwick or Mustafa Kanet sitting down and be like, you know, they're, they're, there's hornet guts on, <laughs> on, my, on, my, on my water table. <laughs> so James is not the only one who battled with nature this week. In fact, I battle with nature pretty much on a daily basis, and that nature is my own body. <laughs> My own human body, and it's a constant battle. I don't know if you guys can see all the, just the hair I'm constantly battling with. And the other battle of nature I have is, is my sex drive, and that um, I have been in an absolute slump lately, like a really bad slump. And I'm going to show you guys a couple of examples I'm before so I get to I'm so scared what this is going to well, be. Well, I, 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 I have a Tinder story for here in Monaco, but before I lead to that, I want to give you guys a little context. And this is Okay, for a moment I thought it was going to be another video. I was worried. No more videos, no more videos. I this was worried. Just some screenshots of some recent post-date text messages I've been receiving. Uh, so this is one. Uh, by, I went on a date, and she said, I'm definitely not in relationship mode, and sex only happens with me when I'm in one, so yeah. It was only one date, date though, so, so I'm not sure about anything anyways. That's basically her saying, I'm not really looking for anything right now. Next thing up here, the white is the homegirl. Tonight's one of the best dates I've ever been on. I feel like we'll become very good friends. Oh. So there's two. We're over you, two there. <laughs> You're very welcome. It was fun. Yep. Yeah, you can really hear the kind of pain and torture. This one especially. The typing of that message. Especially when she said, and I have loads of hot girlfriends. I just go, sounds like a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a good friend to have. <sighs> yeah. So, oh. oh for two. Yeah. Oh for two there. Yep. Uh, here's another one. I can't remember. Did you say you want to go on another date or just be friends? I want to make sure I have it right before I behave stupidly. Friends. friends. I'm just not <laughs> ready to date one right now. 
Um, yeah, Insta friends. Uh, a date is different from dating someone, but I got you. Yeah, I kind of want to lead you on as well. I'm saying we're over three here. Here's another one. Hey, when I get back, do you want to go on another date or do you want to be pals? I had a ton of fun. Enjoy your company, so I definitely want to be pals. I'm just not sure if there's... Okay, so we're 0 for 4. Okay, yeah. this is what I've been dealing with for the last few weeks. Just I'm, the, gonna, I'm a great believer in accentuating the positive. You've got a lot of friends. I do have a lot of <laughs> friends that I took out to dinner and drinks to the tune of several hundred dollars each. Um, oh, wait. Well, I forgot. There's a fifth one. <laughs> I, like, just want to have a cool guy friend like you. Mm-hmm. I can share my screenshots with and laugh and, and have them telling me about their dating disasters. Ha ha. And I was like, well, isn't that who, someone who can I tell saying, this one to? Isn't that basically someone saying, I want my very own court jester? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah. So, things were rough. So, I, I, you know, obviously I hit Tinder really, really hard when I got here. And I was speaking with, uh, that's when I met Chantel on, t- on Tinder, a beautiful Belgian makeup artist. And uh, we talked for a few days. Uh, which, at which point we had this conversation. I like when you guys acted out. Do you guys want to play me and Chantel? Okay. Uh, which one's which? I'm blue. Okay. Do you want to be Joe? Shall I be Joe? I'll be Joe. Okay, go on. I won't do the voice. What are you up to later? I think out tonight. And you? I should be home working and writing, but I could maybe be convinced to meet a beautiful Belgian makeup artist. Do you know any? Oh, thank you. That's very nice. No, you did not need a makeup artist for emissions. What? There's a little. I think there's a little... Lost in translation. Translation going on here. barrier. Yeah. Here, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, understand. So Where did you go tonight? Somewhere fun. I'm with a friend. And you? I was doing some writing at the Meridian because I am hosting an awards ceremony tomorrow night. I just finished. Uh, would your friend be jealous when you leave him slash her to come meet me? Okay, it's a girl. Lol. Will she be with you? Angry face. Yes, but I'm in Monte Carlo for business. You're here to do makeup or? Something else. Make now up. I'm starting to get suspicious at this point when she says I'm here for business. Makeup and party. Two jobs, smiley face. So you are working your party job tonight? Yes, uh, lol. Do you make a lot of money at your party job? At which point we get to the real <laughs> meat and potatoes. Ah, it's a thousand euros. <laughs> it's a thousand euros if you want to hang out with me tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, so I don't know. I mean, at least we're not going to end up friends. <laughs> now, at this point, what do you guys think? How do you think I responded to this? I'll tell you my first response was to think, can I get a 1,000 euros out of the ATM right now? That was my first, my first reaction, and the answer was no. I don't Can't. know. I don't know. You're, you're such a desperate man. I don't really know. I know what most people would do. I'm sure you're worth every penny, but talking to me is costing you dollars, so good luck out there. Oh, thank you. I have two jobs, so if you need to make up, I'm not very far. <laughs> See, so I usually why, get why offered friends as the consolation prize, but today Dude, I got offered... Why do you not say, well, I am hosting... Uh, a video podcast on the morning of the 4th of May, so please come by and... I'm sure that she would have really appreciated me outing her her second profession to everyone on this radio show right after she had done my makeup. I've just realized the date, by the way. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day. Oh, that's Day. right. Star Wars Day. So anyway, that's what dating's like here in Monaco. So if only I had a thousand euros, I could have maybe... If you had an infinite amount of money, you would have so many girlfriends right now. Right? Damn it. Unbelievable. Matt, do you have any... <laughs> Well, any, I have any Tinder prostitution stories you want to share? <laughs> no, okay. uh, but I do have a versus, and it's one that I think James is going to come with me on. It was a Matt versus cinema audience. Oh, 
exactly. So, right, Batman Superman, obviously, I was getting quite excited about it. Why? Be- because it's Batman versus Superman. Just leave it there. And of Did course, you not see any of the trailers? I saw the trailers, and I was still going, with well, Batman and Superman. He actually didn't even mind the movie. I, I thought it was fine. Was my actual. Word. I'm starting to question your critical faculties. You don't. You don't. You don't remember that as long as it's superheroes, I'm already going to score it well over what it deserves because it's superheroes. But anyway, let me get to it. So I, I didn't see it when it first came out because I was busy, and then of course feedback from the outside world and from friends was coming that it was not super, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I don't want to see it. Maybe my idea of what it should be is better than the film, so maybe I shouldn't. But then I thought you guys might want to talk about it when we're here. So the Thursday, the day before I flew out here. Me and the missus took an afternoon show, went down to see it, and there were only six of us in the cinema. There's a couple in front, there's us, and then there's a couple behind. Right. But still, with only six people in the audience, there's still a bit of talk going on. Some, well, sometimes it's worse because people think that... Oh, they're, like they're in their front room, right? Yeah, they think it's, it's kind not of very crowded. This can be more of a relaxed attitude. And I said this to Joe Reddy, and he totally, he totally knew where I was going, which is like, they're talking, I go, it's fine, it's a couple in the cinema. And the adverts come on. They're still talking. I'm thinking it's just... And in well, you're, me, well, you're getting nervous, I, though. I, I, inside, I'm going, it's just the adverts. What do I care? But I am starting to get wound up. Even though I'm talking rationally to myself, I am getting quite annoyed now. And now the trailers come on. And again, it's just the trailers. I've seen most of these before. But I am starting to get quite furious now. And I'm almost waiting to see if they talk just slightly into the film. And the film starts. And there's some kind of voiceover. I think Bruce Wayne's doing some sort of talker. And they start talking. And I just go, shh. That's a warning shot. Yeah. It's not directly, it's kind of towards them, but it's just a general, it's in the atmosphere. Someone in the cinema says, shush. Okay. But also, there's six people. So it's not like they could be like, well, he's probably talking to somebody yeah. else. And then it keeps going. So I do a full on stand up turnaround. Guys, please stop talking, please. And they just both go, Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, okay, no worries. Sat down, and as I sit down, he my, is intimidating. With my wife, guy. my wife's going, and I'm going, watch with nothing, and I'm like, what? She said, I'll tell you afterwards, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so anyway, I watched the film. It was fine, uh, and then we leave, and I say, what? What are you chuckling about? And she said, have you not? Have you not thought about how you're dressed today? And I'm dressed like this. And for those of you <laughs> that can't see that picture, I'm wearing a Superman T-shirt, which I swear I didn't think about when I put it on. You know what my wardrobe's like. It's all superheroes and video games. Not only that, but... You I've had like a one in three chance of grabbing a Superman T-shirt at random. Exactly. Also, I've got my Clark Kent on. <laughs> so when this guy turns around and goes, stands up and puffs himself up and says, please, will you stop talking? They must think, this guy is an absolute Superman nerd. He's going to kill us. Because also, the fact the film's been out for a fortnight... They think a man dressed like that, he hasn't waited two weeks to see this. He comes here every day, <laughs> morning screening, afternoon screening, evening screening. They basically think that you are some freakish serial killer who probably has people chained to a radiator in your basement at this very moment. <laughs> now, I have a question, though. When you shush these people, do you, does, your adre- like, do you, does your heart start yeah. pumping adrenaline just in case something happens? Because yeah. I had to shush somebody, too, at the movies recently. But what I do is I'm way more passive-aggressive. I just go, hey... What are you guys talking about? <laughs> and he had told me that. And do you know what? When we went to see Civil War, there was a French couple in front of me, and they were having a bit of a chat. And I was in my head, again, the adrenaline. Right, because you're like, at what point am I going to do something about this? And the thing I normally do, if they're in front of me, 
I tap the back of their heads with one finger. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Which produces, I used to Dude, do Dude, that's so aggressive. It is. Jesus. But in it, it actually is, I used to do this tiger green kung fu thing where you realize if you put all of your input into a really small space, there's a lot of pressure. So I just go, <laughs> the back of their heads and go, could you be quiet? Thanks. Like that's my other thing is to be really friendly about it, having done something really, really violent. But I was all ready to try out your, hey, what are you guys talking about? But the fact they were French, I thought it's going to be lost on them. Yeah, it's hard. Well, the thing is the last time I did that, the people turned around and went, the movie. And I was like, oh, okay, good point. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to say after that. I wasn't expecting right. that answer. So yes, obviously. So then I had to take the picture because I thought that actually is pretty sad and funny. And I will have to think about my attire the next time I go to a superhero movie because it's going to be hard not to accidentally match up what I'm seeing. I think you should just always dress like Superman and go into other theaters that you're not even in just looking for people who are talking and be excuse <laughs> me, people are trying to enjoy the film. <laughs> it's Cinema Man! <laughs> um, and then the other verses I had was actually here, you, the Japanese garden. I know you guys have done filming in before. Yeah. Um, and one of, the first, one of the first mornings we were here, we had a... Reggie Moore! <laughs> <laughs> We had a slight, I saw that one the other day. We had a kind of a relatively late start because of the delay and everything. So I thought, well, I'm going to go out. The sun's shining. And I had to catch up on the last EPT, not live, as you know, I'm a super fan. So I put it, put on my gear, went for a walk. And I'm going through the Japanese garden. And you know, some of the kind of the walkways are quite narrow and you're kind of going over stepping stones and trying to avoid people. And I'm walking along, got my head down. And I'm aware that there's somebody kind of in my way and I'm going to walk around and I can't seem to get around her. And I look up and there's a girl and I realize she's actually walking backwards as if to block me. And I'm thinking, oh, am I not meant to be in this spot? And I realize she's actually mouthing at me. And I'm like, I take my headphones out and she's singing Eye of the Tiger. What? <laughs> she's going, it's the thrill of the fight rising up. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I thought, ah, pick the wrong guy. So I joined in, but with more vigor than she was singing at me. At <laughs> which point, Eye of the Tiger her. At, at which you point, had a survivor off. It did. <laughs> at which point, she got to the next line and went, uh, 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 and I had to help her with the next line. And then she just fell apart. And I ended up just going, and just walking off. And this girl that I think was trying to prank me, or maybe someone was filming it. And then as I walked away, all pleased with myself. And this girl must be like, well, that didn't go well. Because I thought, <laughs> thank God she didn't give that to Hartigan. Because he'd still be there on his knees into the second verse. And it, and it would still be into going Into the on. unpublished fourth and fifth verses, telling her trivia about, you know, this song was originally written for... And the and director of photography went on, of course. I, we would, all know. I would have gone through other songs from the Rocky movies. We would have segued into Hearts on Fire. <laughs> so I have no idea what was happening but that was easily the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me on tour. So we don't, we never got to the bottom of it. We don't know anything about I it. I just walked away because it seemed the coolest thing to have done was to have not been embarrassed, but to have really properly joined in yeah. and then outdone her. You don't embarrass me. I embarrass you. If I actually. had the inclination to watch French TV, I imagine that sooner or later some candid camera show is going to pop up and it's like, let's see what happened when we hilariously tried to prank these people in the Japanese gardens in Monaco. And then... He, would never, he would never make it, though, because they would never show... Someone yeah. actually getting one up on them, it would yeah. be like all the being, what? <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. So that was about as weird as it gets for me. On and that was on the day of the super high roller? Yes. All yeah. right. Well, let's, let's do a little recap of Monaco so far. We got Thomas Lamash waiting in the wings. We're going to get to him in a minute. Uh, so we have to, um, every time we have to refer to this grand final, it has to be the poker stars and Monte Carlo. The official casino. guidelines are the first time you mention it, you have to use the full credit. After that, it's okay to call it the EPT Grand Final. Right, but then we also can't say right? You also cannot say So hang on, are you telling me that if I say 
it'll cause a problem. So I shouldn't at any point say, Correct. Ideally not. Wow. Anyway. So, James has been having to say this for years, this whole, like, welcome to the Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT Grand Final. It was always, like, a big joke to me because I literally never had to say it. But now that I do the winner's presentation, the trophy lift, I had to say it. And I was out here doing the winner's presentation for the FPS. Now, the entire title for this is... Welcome to the winner's presentation for the Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT Grand Final Season 12 France Poker Series Monaco Main Event. Wow. So I have to open with that. And then what I'm doing after that is I'm introducing the winner and the, you know, the, the trophy party. Whatever, what do they call it? The, the presentation. The presentation party. And I get through all that, and in my head I'm thinking, nailed it. And then when I go to introduce... The people in the row, I forget Thomas's last name. <laughs> Tournament director Thomas, and I just go, Can we do this again? Oh. So embarrassing. Now, James has been with me a couple times on set where I occasionally I come close to having a meltdown. And I don't have the same kind of meltdown he does because it's too hot or I'm thirsty or like, you know, I have my blankie was too warm last night. <laughs> Hone it guts. I have meltdowns where like I make a mistake and I start thinking, what if I literally never get this right ever? Like, what if I have to do this 500 more times? All these people are standing around, and I start, my heart starts beating. I start getting into a cold sweat. Luckily, somehow, I got, got it on the second take and everything like that. But, like, I was terrified for a minute. And it's actually, you can tell on camera sometimes. You, if you, like, know me really well, you'll look and be like, what was... What was wrong with you? It's the eyes. It's the eyes. The eyes are the window to your soul. There was one time in London where I screwed something up like two or three times and like the, all the dealers were waiting to like do something. And Francine, she come, and she's like, are, are you all right? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm th I was like, there was a minute that I was thinking about running away. Like actually, I quit. Yeah, I quit. Actually just walking off set because I can't get it done. So anyway, Tournament director, Thomas Lamash. And also, he's got little Thomas with him, James. Oh. I'll protect you. There oh, he is. God, he's so... Put it away. so it terrifying. Away. Just... Come on, he was away from the PD for a long time, you know. He stayed at home, was tired, crying all the time, you know. I don't think the puppet is nearly as terrifying as Thomas's genuine affection for it. <laughs> you want that nightlife back now, don't you? That little nightlife yeah, for the right. room. You're going to need go back and get that alarm clock, buddy, because yeah. that thing is going to be waiting in your bathtub for you. <laughs> Can you? What's the story behind Little Thomas? I mean, how, how did this thing... It's a quite easy story. It was on, I think it was EPT 10 or 9, you know, in Prague. And my birthday is always on the 17th of December, so it's always during EPT Prague. Your birthday is on the same day every year? Um, I think so. I can't okay. remember the last 20 years so, <laughs> since I was born, but uh, it's around this, yeah. So at the end, it was really a present, really super nice present for all my, my Pocosas live team and everything. So they built in, in Prague. It's an, it's an old man who built this really unique. So the, they provided him a photo from me. So he had my... Okay, so someone didn't find this thing randomly that looked no. like you. It was custom-made. bespoke, custom-made puppet and of even Thomas the, the Mash. Even the watch, now that I'm this close, there's a lot of key yeah, detail yeah, in this. The, the watch, and uh, he lost the microphone because like, it used to talk the microphone all the rest. And uh, this is like quite new. So one of our GPT staff, Anna, made a new dress for him because the old the black one getting dirty. So last, <laughs> I think last year he. So many people have been handling it. It's been all over uh, the world. It needed a change. Of I clothes. mean, obviously, we always talk about the expert team on the EPT. There is at least four members of staff whose sole job is to look after. <laughs> now, has the puppet ever 
been in a different place in the morning than where you left it at night or uh not that no you have to ask him so no but he was come on he was sitting here like behind my tournament desk and he was he speaks very well so it's fine so we should have got a little mini headset for mini thomas oh my yeah. god yeah mr trick this, this yeah, was honestly i was looking like it's it i don't have that much time uh some around him but i was really looking for suits and some like i'm swimming a lot you know to find literally like the swim classes <laughs> and everything you know <laughs> But for the you know for the, the selfie that's getting bored you know to go swimming with him together, but Nicotti looks awful you know so uh, at the end yeah. No. Do you feel like Thomas may have helped or hurt little Thomas may have helped or hurt your chances last night at the European Poker Awards? Uh, maybe that's the reason why I didn't win because he wasn't that much present anymore the last season. So uh, I mean, if or maybe it split the vote. Oh right, yeah, because some of the people and voted I, for you. Some I, voted I, he for would him. be happy with a mini trophy. So I just feel like. If if you'd sent like photos of Minnie Thomas to the members of the jury, you probably would have won. It's like, hey, vote for me, and I'm like, okay, no problem. You have all the you you win in every category, <laughs> and he get more likes than me. Well, uh, so uh, let's talk about the European Poker Awards a little bit. You were nominated. At all disappointed to have not won last night. Oh yeah, yes, everybody. I would like not to be disappointed, but I didn't expect it in the end. Like uh, honestly, I get my awards every day. So, um, that's a good answer, huh? Like, that's uh, a really good I, answer. I, Being on this podcast, that's an award. <laughs> <laughs> I represent like like our GPL stuff and our floor stuff at the end, you know. And uh, there were some of them were disappointed when I came back yesterday. So, oh, we didn't win. So it means like also they say it like it's I'm standing for them, you know, because sure. I'm just that good that our team is, you know. So without my my perfect dealers and floor, and also look of us there, you know, all together we're a great team, and this would be an award for our work, you know. I'm stand, I'm just standing the front line, you know, to, to give the trophies over, if you spell my name in the right way. And, uh, <laughs> so at the end, it was like it would be an award just for for the job we did like the, the last last couple of years. So it's like, but it's not that big disappointed, you know. Though. I didn't expect it to win, so then it's fine. I would be more disappointed if I lose the Formula One challenge against Liv Bury. So. Okay, so yeah, where are you standing right now in the Formula One? I just did once and it was behind, but Liv Bury made the shortcut and I have to honestly, this the good thing. I don't have any time here to do it. I saw Thomas out on the actual course looking for shortcuts so that way he would come in and be able to find them more quickly. Now, you mentioned that you're sort of the front man and you get sort of the accolades when it yeah. comes to the good stuff, but you're also kind of the front man when it comes to the bad stuff. What are what are some of the more annoying things that get brought to you as tournament director? Um, a lot of things which you can't talk about. Oh, oh <laughs> damn it. That is like, this is the, there's a lot of stuff, you know, what we do at the backwards, you know, because like first time when I call to the table, it always because of troubles. Nobody calls me to the table and says, thank you, Thomas, great event. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Floor, when, we love you. Yeah, so when I come to the table, there are always like uh, troubles, problems. It with my last final decision. And there are a lot of things around, you know, around here. And um, it not goes public. Like, like administration, back office stuff, you know, administration stuff and everything. The all the small troubles so we have to solve. So this is my this is my main work at the moment that we get that big. I, we have to step away a little bit from the floor and just to be take care about the administration, you know, and uh, how a lot the procedures are done. And that, but we have a great staff, so I can step back a little bit from the floor. I've got a question for you, Thomas. Obviously, in, in recent years, the grand final has been, shall we say, a more low-key event than some of the other stops on the tour. And you look at the main event numbers. Stop it. It's seriously, it's seriously frightening me. Um, last year, for example, we had like half the number of runners in the main event that we've got this year. In a way, was is it obviously it's a great thing when the event is bigger but is part of you thinking i kind of like it when i don't have to deal with this bigger field with thousands of players because more players more problems 
Yeah, yes, uh, exactly. But to be honest, like um, I think we are now on day, I don't know, seven, eight, whatever. So, so like three days left and it, it goes so fast at the end, you know, and we appreciate the work, you know. So uh, for me, the, the worst events ever to sit around, to have 20 tables empty, you know. Yeah. And like, pff, get bored, you look at the watch, okay, next tournament. And here the days are so fast, you know, and we're excited. We're all tired, we have more stress, we have more work for sure. But we're excited about the numbers, we're excited about this big success. So I didn't expect did that success, you know. So at the end, we, we really prefer to have 16 hours and a lot of stress than to have eight hours and like watching around. So, uh, do we have to cancel the next event or if we have 10 players, 15 players? Oops, you know. Our main problem is here to find tables for the players, you know. So every event like, yeah. okay, alternate queue. The thing we haven't mentioned yet, of course, guys, is that we've now had two days of cards up coverage from the grand final main event. The first time we've ever done it. I mean, from our point of view, obviously, it's great. We love it. We know the audience loves it. From your point of view, Thomas, how has it been going so far? Uh, surprisingly, super perfect. So, um, okay, uh, good to I know. We have one super small problem at the beginning. The player was just asking. So some, you know, like uh, if we go public and announce something, nobody will read our what, what we announce, you know. But when they hear the table, they say, "So what's going on?" But it was like uh, ten seconds of statement. Everybody following the statements. There was not pitching around, no complaints. I was not called once to the TV table, which means we didn't have any problems over there. And the feedback is like very positive, you know. Just like uh, we, like we said, you know, we have to go the new way. We have to show the cards, you know. We're more excited for the for the spectators to watch this. What's poker? So uh, poker is a long time, you know, to watch it. And like if you don't show the whole cards, you know, it, it gets bored at the end. So now it's more exciting, and for the beginners and the audience, uh, the new customer coming, you know, it's more exciting to see how the pros are playing, you know, because they're in millions of euro. So I want to have some some idea. And some pros are always afraid, maybe that the their play will be how they play. Yes, but in the other way, like uh, only like, I would say like 10% of poker players could play the same style. Because if I play APT for 5,000 euro, you know, I would not, never ever would make a five bet with a bluff. I was just shattering, I can't do it. So I would back <laughs> my hand, okay? I tried yeah, it once, no, I tried it. I couldn't it. do it either. <laughs> so that's why I think like, you, you see the style, but you, you can't copy the style. You know a little bit how they're playing, but still, if Vanessa sells is five bet me, you know, and like, the, ah, I, I, saw you on the, <laughs> I saw you on the stream. So I think it's super positive for the community, for us, and it was the right step in the right direction. Thomas, <laughs> what's your favorite part of your job? Sorry? What's your favorite part of the job? Um, uh, people management. So to work here with my, with my team, to see my team, uh, so my team, our team of, uh, of GPTL, all the dealers, the floor staff, the senior dealers, the administration, the registration, the Pokestars live team. So we come together to all the events and this is like the, I think my favorite part of the, of my job. And the least favorite part? Uh, to stand up every day and... Is to stand? Uh, to stand up every day. <laughs> and uh, it's the worst part of my, the worst yeah, part yeah. Is like, yeah, that I've, to, I've no time for my private life like i go for swimming in the morning like for 10 15 minutes but sometimes would like to have like like at least one hour so this like I'm you're missing. like a redi like a psychotic swimmer right like you swim you would prefer to swim for an hour straight no but it's like like half an hour 40 minutes you know but it, like just i when i'm at home in my in my home office you know i like to to have the, in the nature like at least one two hours in the morning you know and this is the only part i'm missing you know to have some, some more relaxed time but so I can picture Thomas living in the middle of the woods, just Thomas and little Thomas, just oh. just in a cabin somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Thomas, you want to play a little game with us before you get out of here? Uh, everything you want. All right, we like to play a little game on the show sometimes called Good for Poker, Bad for Poker. Okay. And all I'm going to do is, you know, there's like, you know, the common trend in media, like, is this good for poker? I'm just going to fire out a bunch of things. You got to tell me whether it's good for poker or bad for poker. That's it. Just Simple game. Bed. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. 
Good for poker, bad for poker is fun when you're dead. No, keep it away from me. He really doesn't like it. <laughs> it really freaks me out. Being murdered with a knife. Good for poker, bad for poker. All right, here we go. The European Poker Awards. Good for poker, bad for Good. poker. Correct. Good for poker. Cards up coverage on non-final table days. Good for poker, bad for poker. Good for poker. Correct. Two for two. The Guns N' Roses reunion tour. Good for poker, bad for poker. <laughs> bad for poker. Correct. Terrible for poker. <laughs> three for three. The Treaty of Utrecht. Good for poker, bad for poker. Good. Oh, sorry. That one is bad for poker. <laughs> Taco Bell's new quesalupa, which is part quesadilla. Oh, my God. What the it went fuck for me. happened? <laughs> when Little Thomas attacks. Taco Bell's new quesalupa, part quesadilla. That's all right. I'm fine. Hey, little buddy. I'm fine with... He wants a quesalupa. Taco Bell's new quesalupa, part quesadilla, part chalupa. Good for poker, bad for poker. Good. Good for poker is correct. Eric Seidel watching the stream unmuted on his iPad at the table. Good for poker, bad for poker. Rule number one, bad. Not the bad for poker, <laughs> correct. He's only missed one so far. Faceback adding new emotions to the light bucket, light, like button. Good for poker, bad for poker. It's good. Good for poker, correct. The new Ghostbusters being all girls. Oh, perfect. Great for poker, correct. 10 a.m. starting times in Barcelona. Good for poker, bad for poker. Lucky me I'm not there, but it's bad. Correct. <laughs> Twix, the candy bar Twix. Good for poker, bad for poker. I like it, it's good. No, sorry, Twix are bad for poker. <laughs> oh, like Partially hydrogenated soybean oil. Good for poker, bad for poker. Uh, that doesn't be bad. Bad is correct. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, season two. Good for poker, bad for poker. Hopefully good. Good for poker. Two more to go here, Brexit. What? I don't know. It's something in the UK. They want to leave the EU. <laughs> the British exit from the European Union, potentially. Good ah. for poker, bad for poker. It's uh, bad. Bad for poker is correct. And finally, the concept of reality is possibly being an illusion to us all. Good for poker, bad for poker. That's bad. Bad for poker? Oh, unfortunately, no. That is good <laughs> for poker. Thomas Lamash, thanks a lot. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you. it, buddy, and little Thomas. Thank you, Have sir. Have a nice day. Thank you, Thomas, and please hey, take, bit me. take that thing away right, now. Get out of here. His legs go the wrong way. Bye, Thomas. Can't trust anyone oh, who can bye. bend. <laughs> don't, don't let it touch me. Don't let it touch me! <laughs> no. Oh, man, it's on you forever no. now. Forever. Now, it, now it has your Make sense. It go away. It's going to be like that snail Liv was talking about on the stream. It will slowly Every time someone doesn't look at it, you look back, it'll be <laughs> slightly one step closer. closer to you. Uh, Can we bring close. our next guest on yes. really quickly? Let's let's do a little super fan versus tapes. Isabel, come on over here. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European poker tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's super fan versus Stapes. Isabel, we're so we're so excited. So tell us about winning your spin and go. Well, I was in my kitchen making tea. And I had, <laughs> As you do. I had my laptop sat on the worktop. I'd been playing a Poker Stars 18 seat game. It finished, and I thought, I wonder what else is there. And up, I seen the sit spin and goes. And I thought, what's that? EPT. Hmm, $10. That's nothing. I'll have a go. First game I tried, up popped the ticket, won it in five minutes. Two or three minutes, and that was it. Boom! Wow. Um, did was there any strategy employed in winning the spin and go? Like, did you really? Th did, first of all, were you nervous? Because if that ticket popped up for me, I'd be like, I can't do this. Not the least bit nervous because I thought <laughs> I have no chance. I'll never win this. So I just played my normal game, and, and that's within it. a few hands, it was all over. Up in the screen pop. Congratulations, you've won. And, you, and I thought, what? What is this? 
So, so you put, didn't even know what you no, were playing for. So I put it on my Facebook and I says, what, what have I just won? Well, my Facebook just went on fire then. Izzy, we've spent hundreds trying to win that spin and go and you just play it once and you win it. Worse than that, three days later, I thought, I'll try it again. Up popped another ticket. No Honestly, way. honestly. <laughs> no, and I get on. I get heads up in the next ticket and I almost won it again. Wait, uh, so you're responsible for winning your own ticket and also you kind of got someone else a ticket if you think I about have. it. I was heads up, my ace can get beat with pocket queens or I'd have won another one. That is a sick race. Well, we're happy that you got the one you did. Now, you're grandma? Yeah. You have nine grandchildren? Yeah. Can you name them all? Uh, Glenn, Lee, Rachel, um, Hope, Jude, Caleb, Bridie, Miles, and Dean. That's nine. Nine That's for nine. Uh, we got we got to get a round of applause for that there. I can't remember my two parents' names. So <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. Isabel, we are so happy to have you on the show. Are you ready to play Superfan versus Tapes? I'll have a go. Yeah. Now, I assume that you haven't heard the show before, but I think some of the folks that, that, are, that no, you're I've, pals with in the Scottish yeah. poker community, they listen to the show. Yeah. Did they give you any pointers? They just said you... You just ask, fire me questions. Correct, and I'm really bad at them, so don't worry about it. You're going to be just fine. He's bad in the subjects that he knows something about, so assuming you've chosen a subject that he knows nothing about, well, you're going to walk it. I think I have, but it's before his time. 1950s rock and roll music. Matt Broughton has created the questions. Here we go. Super fan versus Stapes. Now, we have to say that the prize here... The idea is to <laughs> yeah. basically put a super fan on their first step of the way <laughs> towards playing an EPT because we give a Stepsy ticket. You've already played an EPT, <laughs> but hey, we're going to give you the chance to potentially qualify for another yeah, one. Yeah, but with her luck, she's going to bink another one. Like she'll, yeah, exactly. she'll work her way up exactly. through the steps, probably win three seats this time. All right, here we go. Super fan versus Stapes. Super fan versus Stapes. Here we go. Right, so 50s rock. Would you like me to keep score, Matt? Would you, please? Joe, Isabel. Got okay, it. so as always, we start with our guest. So, Isabel, your first question, no cheating. Yakety Yak was a 1958 worldwide hit for who? Multiple choice. The Diamonds, the Drifters, the Coasters, or the Cadillacs? Correct. Wait, no! Oh, oh, wow. points. Did you know that one? I did. So, wow, okay, well this is this is good sign. My okay. parents listened to nothing but oldies when I was oh. growing up. So I do have a, some slight knowledge. I didn't know there was any music besides oldies till I got to college. I was like, what's Weezer? What's Stone Temple Pilots? Like I had, I only knew like the Hollies. Who is this Michael Jackson? Yeah, no, I know <laughs> Michael Jackson whatsoever, yeah. Okay, Joe, which piano playing singer's first hit was The Fat Man? Was it Big Reggie Houston, Little Richard, Fats Domino, or Pat Boone? Little Richard. Would you like to steal this? Fats Domino? Yes. Two nice nil. one. I made up Big Reggie Houston. I think he was a sax <laughs> saxophone player. I saw someone on Wikipedia. Okay, Isabel, back to you. Who were the famous backing singers on most of Elvis Presley's early hits? Was it the Sweet Inspirations, the Jordanaires? The Jordanaires. Wow, that's the correct one. In fact, than that. In my I'm pronunciation down, completely. Down nothing. What were the, did you make up a funny fake one for that? I one? had no. Actually, the Sweet Inspirations were his backing band, but from '69 '77. That was late. Wow. Okay, oh. I got. And do you shot. know one of the answers was the Foggy River Boys? Do you know who that was? No, I've never heard. That of was the Jordanaire's original name. Right. 
I know that now. I know that your your Mister is here. Is that who that is? Yeah. I, what I like is that occasionally I'll speak to someone from your generation. Do you have any good stories of like maybe any of these band members that you hooked up with back in the day? <laughs> huh? you I, met, uh, I met any of these stars. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I Let's met see. I met Jean uh, Vincent, who was sang uh, Blue Jeans. You know, you maybe never heard him. I don't. I I probably you know recognize the song. Yeah, Gene Vincent. He was in that big film with Jane Mansfield. The girl can't help it. And you met him. I met him, and uh, did it was it more than just a meeting? Uh, yeah, we went to a party. Really? Yeah. And uh, who else have I met? I thought we were gonna get more detail. No, I can't no. give you more detail. No. <laughs> <give you> more <laughs> yes. Right. Back yes, to the see, quiz before I'm Joe having... gets inappropriate. Oh. Okay, Joe. Where where are we at? Uh, three 0 oh, and dear. it's Joe's question. Okay. What was Smokey Robinson's most famous band called? The Silhouettes? The Miracles. Yes, Joe's on the board. Good I man. just had to show off a little bit. No, so. feel free to show off. Okay, back to you, Isabel. Uh, what was Ray Charles' surname? Robinson, Green, Bryant, or Garrett? Mm, you mean like his real, his real last name? Thank you me there. Well, I didn't realize that he didn't. I just thought his name was Ray Charles. So did I, Ray Charles. Apparently not. Even He was marketed even back then. Give me so. a clue. I can't. I've given you four options. You've got a you've got a one in four. So I just need to guess then. Garrett. Incorrect. Oh, I'm glad she guessed Garrett because that's what I was gonna guess. So what are the other three choices? Robinson, Green, or Bryant? Green. Incorrect. It was Robinson. Robinson. Mm. I saw no. the movie, but it was several years ago. Uh who am I up to? This must be Joe. Correct. So wait, it's three one? Yes. Okay. Nineteen fifties record turntables commonly offered four speeds. Thirty three. 45, 78, and what other? This is a reverse multiple choice. He gave me three of the right answers. 33, 45, 78, and 116. Incorrect. <laughs> you know. 33, 45, 78. I didn't know they had four choices. Nor did I, but I, it was on the internet, so it must be true. And Betamax. I think you're making that up. <laughs> I've been accused of, of <laughs> shenanigans. No, no, it's... it's 33, 45, 78. I have no idea. Apparently there was a 16 as well. 16. No, don't remember. My I, no. Hey, I just did the research. I didn't uh -huh. fact check. Uh, still 3-1. I believe it's Isabel's question. Okay. Which famous record label released Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis? Was it RCA, Decca, Chess or CBS? RCA? Correct. Ah, uh, I would have got that one too. Four one. Good job, Izzy. Mm. Okay, Joe. Which of these was a fifties hit for the USA? Sorry, in the USA and the UK for the Platters. I only have eyes for you. Smoke gets in your eyes. Save the last dance for me. Just walking in the rain. Smoke gets in your eyes. Correct. Four two. Okay, we've got a couple of uh, lyrics ones. I'm going to try and say them without singing them. I'm a through with romance. I'm a through with love. I'm through with accounting the stars above. Was that from Bye Bye Love, That's Amore, Fever, or Whatever Will Be Will Be? So it's my question. This is Bye Bye Love. Correct. Good one. Five, two. Joe, a few more on these now. All right. Take a look at her hair. It's real. And if you don't believe what I say, just feel. Is that from Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly, Venus by Frankie Avalon, Donna by Richie Valens, or Living Doll by Cliff Richard? Living Doll by Cliff Richard. Correct. 5-3. 
Okay, last two. This has uh, gone very well. This is a good. This is a good match. <laughs> I might even get to the tiebreaker. Okay, so easy. Uh, what Canadian-born teen idol of the 50s and 60s wrote the lyrics to Sinatra's song My Way? Paul Anka. Yes. Wow. Show um, off. That has pretty much sealed the deal. Let's see, though, if Joe can get that final point. Okay. Reap Petite, Higher and Higher, and Lonely Teardrop were singles that made which artists famous? Do you want your options? Yes, please. <laughs> Benny King, Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson, or Johnny Otis? Jackie Wilson. Correct. Final score, four points to Joe Stapleton, six points to our super That was fan, awesome. That's the, Boyle. that's the best I've done in a long time, so that means you get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt Correct. and a Step C ticket, so oh. you're still I, in the game. I've still, I'm just out of interest because I had a tiebreaker set up, and just because I know that you'd said Elvis was something you knew, mm. is do you happen to know how many songs did Elvis record with the word blue or blues in the title? That's a hard one. Maybe we can work on it together. Blue we Christmas. Got, we got Blue, blue Christmas, right? Yeah, blue we got Blue Suede Shoes. Uh, there's got to be some other one. That's all I can come up with. Any films that make you think? Blue Hawaii. No. Blue Hawaii? Yeah, no. That's another one. So we're up to three. Yeah, Army-related films. Oh, was it uh, some sort of foot soldier blues or something? <laughs> Something tells me that that, that that this is not. We're not going to get the answer here. Would you like to know? Let's let's do it. How many, Matt? Seventeen. Never. Oh wow! Seventeen. We weren't going to get there. Seven I don't off. think. I we were up to three. I found. I found. How long is this show? I found a bit of trivia, and I was like, "That can't be right." And then I went through every single really? thing. Is that, and there's seventeen of them. It's ridiculous. Blue. I what? You don't want. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Indescribably blue. Milk. Milk cow blue. Boogie. Moody blue. Something blue. Steamroller blues. When my blue moon turns to gold oh, again. You're making one. these up. And in 1967, a song called "Here's Your Uncle, Not Your Daddy." Uncle Daddy. Ah. Uncle Daddy. And I have blue balls. So it all sort of <laughs> comes together. God. Isabel, we'll be in touch with you about your prizes. Just before you go, just want to check. Have you enjoyed the experience of coming Lo to Monaco? Loved it. I'll be going on Poker Stars when I go back, trying to win the Barcelona EPT seat. Well, we're going to help you out with that step seat ticket. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Right. Thank Playing you. Poker Stars. Joe, we probably just about have time to talk about last night's European Poker Awards. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, first of all, some of the highlights. Now, first of all, first, first, first of all, we weren't really nominated for anything. I was aware of that, and we've talked about that endlessly on yes, like, the last few episodes. Yes, but we should just recap it for the because we're on video today. We'll say it on video for once. We weren't nominated. Thanks, everyone. This show completely ignored. So we didn't. It was nice though, in that there was no real sweat for us. There's nothing to worry about winning, not winning, which is the silver, the thinnest of silver linings for this. I was stressed out, of course, because I hosted the awards. There were a few highlights for me. Uh, Remco, 
pretty much anyone who wins in the media category, we're going to be happy about it. It was a tough one, though, because to me, it was like, um, and this is not taking anything away from Frank Opdewald or Lee Davey, who are the other nominees in this category, but it really did feel that it was a literal flip between Remco and Neil Stoddart, both of whom seemed very deserving of that prize. And so it was nice that when Remco won the media award, there was then a special jury prize yes. for Neil Stoddart. And that's what I was getting to is like, that was the absolute highlight for me because I didn't know that. So I, I, you know, I like to be surprised when I do these things. I didn't know who any of the winners were except for one um, because I was like, when the tournament for a buy-in less than 2000 happens, who is actually coming on stage? I want to make sure I know their name. I want to make sure I know the name of the person so I can congratulate them. So that's the only one I knew I wanted to know going into it. So when Remco won, I was like really gutted for Neil because I think, I just think he's so good at what he does. And, photos sort of fly under the radar, but it's something that also everyone looks at. Like, everyone is seeing his photos all the time. So when when his name was announced for the special jury prize, I actually got so, slightly emotional. Not like I do when I see any given movie, but <laughs> just for a second, I had that little, that little in the back, like, in the back of your throat. So I was really happy to see Neil win it. Uh, EPT Barcelona was another highlight, just that it won, you know, best uh, event for buying over 2,000 euros. Those were really good, uh, big things for me. But boy, did I nail that John Gale thing, yep. right? But how good that John was here. Yeah, absolutely. So we did that the for your consideration ads. Oh, and of like, course. We were nominated for like uh, it was moment of the year, of the yes. year. And it was about the fold, Johnny Lodden's fold with pocket fives, oh, correct. With Daniel commentating, a great dramatic moment, and then the realization that we're up against a guy recovering from a brain tumor to come back and win a World Series of Poker bracelet. Yeah. Plus a guy who is one of the most likable people in the poker yeah. circuit totally. has been for the last There was decade. just no chance. I, it was probably unanimous. They probably like, okay, so John Gale's winning, what's next? Like that <laughs> is, I'm sure, how the jury went down. And so that was another highlight for me was him being up there. And then also... It's very silly for me, but when he came off stage and I was like, "Congratulations!" He said, "Thanks, Joe." I honestly didn't. I know. didn't tell you the story, guys. I was. You remember we were out at that beach restaurant the other night. I went back there the other night for a, a business dinner, and two people having dinner together, John Gale and Andy Black. And I was like, "Whoa, what's this? 2005?" <laughs> uh, and obviously caught up with John. hadn't seen him in a long while. And both he and Andy said, "We're big fans of everything you guys do. You know, love love the work you do." So they're aware of us. They That's know fantastic. And the thing is, like, look, I. Parts of my ego care when it's like a like a really really big name that know who we are. When Antonio's like, I like that joke. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But when there's people that are like really sort of the heart and soul of like early days poker, especially for me and you, James. I think we started in poker around the same time. You're a little before me, but that 2005 World Series, yeah, where both Andy and John were such big parts of that. Absolutely, they were like these dudes that I looked up to. That I, and like John Gale was like one of the guys that like as a terrified tournament reporter, I was like, that guy's really nice. I'll go get a quote from him. Um, so it means a lot that that sort of I'm on his radar at all. So it was I think, a really special moment last I think night. My highlight of the night was Joe's realization that having presented John Gale with his award and shaken his hand, Joe then rushes to the mic and goes, what am I doing? This guy's a hugger. And <laughs> that is what John Gale is famous for, is hugging everyone yeah. in poker. So, Don't yes, miss out a, on that. A lovely moment there. So uh, as far as my hosting goes, I would say that it 
so Alex, by the way, gets on stage and uh, you missed this part. James came a little late. Alex gets on stage and tells everyone what an unmitigated disaster it was the last time I hosted. So basically, he came, led with that. So let me get this right. He came on EPT Live two yeah. days ago and basically said, "Yeah, we've invited Joe back, even though he basically bombed two years ago." And then he actually says it at the start of the awards. He said at the start of the awards, and and believe it. So I open with a couple of jokes, then bring him on stage, and him telling everyone how badly I did last time got a bigger laugh than my first <laughs> jokes, gag. which I thought went well. I was like, oh, those went well. And then he comes on start stage. It's sort of, it, but the good news is he warmed the crowd up a little bit. He sort of like, you know, backhanded me slightly and it warmed the crowd up. And he also, again, admitted, he's like, look, it wasn't Joe's fault. It was the fact that the audience was full of French people. No one could understand him. I made a quick little highlight reel of the awards last night. And uh, in case you guys want to see how some of it went. This award is aimed at finding the tournament or tournament series that best raise awareness for poker by producing the extraordinary moment. This award will be presented to the person who created the moment that will remain forever etched into every poker fan's memory. Uh, and if you're thinking it should be Antonio peeing in a bottle or Chino Ring finally paying everyone back, you'll have to come to the American Poker Awards next year. But as far as Europe and this year are concerned, the nominees are... Did you put laughter track on that? What? <laughs> Did you put canned laughter uh, on that guy? You know, the, the, I think iMovie may do some of that automatically. It's like one of the features that if you, um, it may, it's called sweetening. Yeah, no, I definitely added <laughs> some laughter to that. There was, um, <laughs> look, because it, it, it wasn't as bad as it seemed when you're in the room. James, you were there. I was there. I was there. No, to be honest with you, I, I actually thought the ceremony went really well because it was just like, get on stage, go through the awards. I felt you balanced the number of jokes perfectly. It wasn't like overkill, but it just went so quickly. It was like award, 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 and then everyone could stand around having a drink. Because remember last year in Malta, it yeah. did drag on a little bit. Yeah, and it and, is hard to stay focused on something that long. Yeah, but the point is you had the room's attention, you got a good reaction to many of the one-liners, and actually, I, I, by by far and away the most successful poker awards ceremony um, that I have been to uh, thus far. So. I missed it. I was busy counting how many Elvis songs had the word "blue" in, <laughs> so uh, I was kind so, of busy. Do you know what? You you could have come along. It would have been. It was done in twenty minutes. There was only one joke that I skipped. Now, for, one thing I appreciated was I think it was during like Jesse and Mickey's speech. Jesse May won for the article he wrote about Devilfish. Some folks started chatting. I think you and Daniel shushed them. Um, you know what, what you it needed. Like. You needed a Superman <laughs> shirt. Could you stop talking, please? And I appreciate that because I felt bad. And also, I felt like once that started up, we were going to lose the room. Yeah. So the fact that I got nipped in the bud. So there's only one joke that I was planning on making if that article had won that I didn't. Now, Jesse came up and made such a heartfelt speech about his friend, Devilfish. Um, and I wasn't the biggest Devilfish fan in the world. Uh, and so. When he got off stage, my one joke that I did make that I really wanted to was like, and I'm sure that was the best article of the year written about a guy that married a teenager. <laughs> like, and I just felt like that was maybe not the best time no. to make that joke. I so think that would have lost you the room. That is the one joke that I skipped. Do we have time to talk Civil War or no? Uh, I think we have probably time to do a one-line review each. Joe, your reaction to Captain America Civil War. I loved it. I As stupid as comic book movies are, it was as good as any of them. So I was into it. Matthew Broughton. It was a much better Avengers film than Age of Ultron, but I'm not sure it was a Captain America film, but I loved it. So your problem was with the title. I just thought I just thought 
it was just there was a lot of people in there and Captain America's like over here over, <laughs> over here do you remember me oh no over here. so but no, I say I loved it but I kind of it felt like it was it's the kind of speed and pace that the Avengers film should have been because the Avengers films like right. whereas actually I thought it did a better job of being a showcase of Avengers sure than actually the Avengers okay, films. Fair Still loved it. I agree with your assessment that it's an Avengers movie, better than Age of Ultron. I thought it was a bit too long. Marvel kind of threw the kitchen sink in it. I mean, there were far too many characters. Do you just wait to the next one? I think there's something like 64 characters in the next uh, Avengers movie. But my final biggest problem with it, and don't get me wrong, I did have a lot of fun and really enjoyed the experience. I felt that the tone was kind of like a bit mixed. It couldn't work out whether it wanted to be kind of like gritty and realistic, kind of like Winter Soldier, or be a kind of really self-aware, self-conscious movie like a Deadpool or an Ant-Man. And that kind of we don't know what we want this yeah. to be, I think affected it in places. I didn't mind that. I like. I that, didn't actually. mind it. It was only when James said it, I thought he's right. It's like they must have thought people reacted so well to Winter Soldier that they like this espionage kind of thing. But here's Ant-Man and Spider-Man going, ah! And it's like, it kind of, you go, oh, it's kind of too much fun to be gritty. And, and also then you've got Vision in like a shirt and jumper going, would anyone like a cup of tea? And like... <laughs> Yeah, that character made me really uncomfortable. One thing I have to have you guys settle for me before we get out of here. Sure. So um, I actually thought it was really neat in the movie where Don Cheadle uses the phrase bad beat. Yes, and that did clink into my head. Not as good as when Vision started talking about triple range merging. That's right. That was weird because I've never even seen Paul Bettany at a poker table. Um, and so I thought I would be cute. And I rarely tweet at celebrities, but like Don's the guy that we've had some interaction with. So I was like. Isn't he off Twitter? Okay, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm like, oh, did anyone else find it? Thought it was like kind of cool when when I am real Don Cheadle um, said bad beat in the movie, and it popped up in my thing as like you know like the the little blue yeah 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 at reply or whatever. And then Jess Wellman gets at me and tweets back at me spoiler because I get on her for spoilers. I don't think that's a spoiler no, in any way whatsoever. I... Um, and so then I went back and looked at it, and then when I looked at it, his at rep- handle wasn't highlighted, and apparently I am Don, che- Don Cheadle isn't a thing anymore, and he's now just at Don Cheadle. Somehow, like in the last three days. Oh, I actually thought he because I thought he actually just deleted his account. I thought he's one of those celebrities who's like, I'm done with this. No, he actually which we got, can all relate to. Let's be honest. Of course, but he actually just changed to his real name, ah. and so I tweeted at the nobody, and then I felt really stupid, like one of those people <laughs> ah. like tweeting at celebrities to redo it. So I didn't, I didn't resend no. it. No. Fair enough. I felt really dumb. Leave it, leave it at that point. It's been a, it's been a, it's par for the course of me feeling dumb. Right? Uh, we got day four cards up coverage. All right, let's go. We're out of here. That's all the time we got for this week's show. Uh, next week is gonna be a weird one because I'm gonna be on like four hours of sleep wake. How or... is that different to any other show you've I, ever done in your I life? I know, but we'll, I'll just be getting back from this trip for about eight hours before we do the next episode of this show. So I have no idea what kind of condition I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be back in Los Angeles. Usually we call on Matt to help out after those. We'll see what happens. I don't I don't know what it's going to be. We've got be the rest fun. of Monaco coming up. Thanks a lot, guys. That's all the time we got for now. For Matt Brout and James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>